Joshua gathered together the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He called the elders, leaders, judges, and officers, who then presented themselves before God and stood in ranks before God. Now, in passing, this sentence from the first reading could be seen and understood as a simple piece of history, a type of historical footnote. I suggest, though, it is more than it seems, much, much more. Themes of covenant, of Torah, the Exodus, of God's fidelity to his people, the calling of Abraham, the people's obedience to God, Israel's choice of a blessing or a curse, and the people's following and serving the Lord God are all present in this one sentence. There is much religious history, geography, religious experience, and encounter with God, as well as life and death decisions contained in this one sentence. In fact, these are contained in the one word, Shechem. Now, why am I making such a to-do about Shechem? Well, for many reasons. Here, in the city of Samaria, Abraham pitched his tent when God called him from Ur of the Chaldeans. Abraham then built an altar there in the Promised Land, and he received the first of God's divine promises. At Shechem, God made a covenant with Israel. Here, Jacob bought a parcel of land. He settled his household, purging them and the land from idolatry, turning them to right and proper worship of the only God, living and true. It was at Shechem that after the Exodus, the bones of their patriarch Joseph being transported from Egypt were buried in the Promised Land. At Shechem, Jesus spoke with the Samaritan woman at the well, which gospel is proclaimed liturgically during Lent, <coughs> together with its profession of faith. It was here, to Shechem, some 34 miles north of Jerusalem, in the hill country of Ephraim, that Joshua, the assistant to Moses, who would succeed him, called the people together because of the numerous significant things that had occurred there. So, we have Israel assembled in ranks before God at Shechem. What exactly did Joshua do? He reminded the people of all that God in his goodness and favor had done for them. He reminded them of the choice of blessing and life, or the curse and death, offered to and made by their ancestors. He gave the people a similar choice, to continue serving their idols, the idols of their fathers, families, and land, or to serve the Lord God who accomplished the wonderful marvels wrought in their midst. He urged the people to choose life 
and blessing by abandoning their idols, burying them, and walking away from them, never to return to the worship or service of these idols, never turning back, and to follow him and his household who would serve the Lord God and uphold Torah. Here, we have a prefigurement as well of the profession of faith, which is mirrored in St. Peter's response to Jesus in the Gospel reading this day. What we see occurring at Shechem can help us understand the scene in Exodus 24, where Moses had assembled the people of the Exodus, relating to them all of the words, laws, decrees, and ordinances of God who made the covenant with his people. After sacrifice, worship, reading from the Book of the Covenant, building an altar for holocausts and peace offerings, the people's response to Moses and ultimately to God, all that the Lord has said we will heed and do. Therefore, putting their faith, trust, and obedience in God and God alone. It is similarly reminiscent of Nehemiah 8, where the scribe Ezra read from the book of the law. The people assembled together rose as Ezra opened the book of blessing of the Lord, the great God of the universe. The people bowed down and prostrated themselves in an act of worship, adoration, and submission before God, who was present and assembled there with his holy people. These scripture stories from Joshua, Exodus, and Nehemiah teach us of worship, true worship in the presence of God. They put us in touch with God's holiness, his salvation and redemption for us, with his love and fidelity through the covenant of old and by extension now through the covenant sealed in the divine blood of his only begotten Son on the cross. Jesus' teaching about his body and blood is clear. He is the living bread come down from heaven, foreshadowed in the manna, the bread of the angels, eaten in the desert. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, he tells them. The bread that he will give is his flesh for the life of the world. His flesh is real food. His blood is real drink. We are told that his teaching, that at this teaching, many of his disciples quarreled among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Some of them murmured about this and what Jesus had said. Does this shock you? Jesus asked them. Many of his disciples returned to their former way of life as they lived before encountering and following Jesus, and they no longer followed him. Jesus then asks the twelve, Do you also want to leave? Peter's response in the name of the twelve, Master, he says, To whom should we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. 
This profession of faith in Jesus Christ by St. Peter is echoed by the townspeople as a result of their encounter with Jesus in the story of the Samaritan woman at the well at Shechem, and by Martha, the sister of Lazarus, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, she says. In giving us his body and blood to eat, drink, nourish, and redeem us, the Holy Eucharist increases and strengthens our union with Jesus Christ and our holiness of life. The principal fruit of Christ's body and blood, soul and divinity, is this intimate union with Jesus. In the Holy Eucharist, the grace and life and fruits of the resurrection and of the mercy of God are conferred upon those who receive him in the most holy sacrament of the altar. May we do this worthily and often as we bow down in life-giving worship before God, the living God, as we put our faith, hope, trust, and obedience in God, and so live accordingly. May our profession of faith always be in Christ Jesus and none other. Through our reception of Holy Communion, may we choose blessing and life at all times and in all things. May we serve the Lord God who accomplishes all his wonderful marvels wrought in our midst. And may we ever bend the knee and prostrate ourselves in body and soul, heart and will, in an act of worship, adoration, and submission before God, ever present and living in our midst. <laughs>